0: One week season One week season fam, La Familia. Welcome back. Hope everybody had a great Mother's Day weekend. This is Mike Johnson. M Johnson, eighty six, as I'm known in the DFS and best ball streets. Uh, we are coming at you here on Monday, May fifteenth, with our Monday news and market updates podcast. Uh, again, going through our weekly schedule, we'll be doing all off season. Monday is market updates and news reactions to everything going on around the NFL, rumors, news, injuries, etc. Tuesday is our DraftKings, Drafters, non-Best Ball Mania type contests theory podcast that I will be running. A lot of big news coming this week on that with DraftKings dropping even more contests. And as we see some things kind of shift in those markets. Then on Wednesdays, Hilo will be bringing you all the heat with his underdog theory podcast, diving into Best Ball Mania 4 Theories and roster constructions, draft strategies, all that good stuff. And on Thursday, game theory specific uh, for all ball contests, game theory Thursdays with Hilo. And then on Fridays, we have our industry guests podcast. Hilo was on there uh, with Chris from Fantasy Points this last Friday, dropping some heat, reacting to the NFL schedule release. So that was very informative. Uh, again, our Monday and Friday podcasts are up on the public feed. So if you are listening on this public feed, encourage you to check us out. OneWeekSeason.com. Our Best Ball Plus 2023 subscription is live. We are in our Discord, we are on Twitter, um, but our premium subscription, a lot of great info coming out on that. Lot, we continue uh, to provide content. And theory ideas and um, get down to business and talk with the subscribers. So, um, you know, shout out to all our early subscribers that got in with our promotional price. And if you are new listening to this, hope you enjoy what you hear and consider checking us out. So, we will dive in now to this week's news and market updates. Uh, We're going to start with the big news. The biggest thing that happened was the schedule release, and obviously. If you are on Twitter, if you're paying attention to uh, the mainstream best ball, most of the best ball industry, the big focus has been the Week 17 matchups, reactions to that with everyone wanting to game stack and focus on those Week 17 correlations, which um, I know this Tuesday I will get into some of my thoughts and theories regarding uh, the specifics of that, especially for the DraftKings and Drafters contest that I focus on. Um, and I know Hilo in his work, uh, he dives deeply into how all of that plays out and how important it is and why it's important and when it's important uh, on underdogs specifically for Best Ball Mania 4. So um, those Week 17 matchups, some of the premium ones that kind of stood out, uh, we have the Bengals at Chiefs Week 17 on New Year's Eve, certainly going to be a very popular Game to stack, Um, a lot of premium players involved in that one. Two premium offenses that have uh, met for some very high-scoring games the last couple of years and uh, AFC Championship games. Um, So yeah, that game certainly is already moving the needle on some ADPs, which uh, is interesting to see. And again, that's something we'll we'll get into more this week. On the premium podcast Is how to react to those Changing ADPs And and what's kind of going on right now Uh, But that Bengals Chiefs game Definitely the um, You know the Main Attraction for week 17 For lack of a better term Uh, So that's where everyone is Their first focus will be when they look At those matchups Um, Next Lions at Cowboys Uh, Obviously the Cowboys are quote unquote, America's team, depending on who you ask. Uh, but they're a very popular team, high profile, a lot of national TV type games. This game is actually going to be played on uh, Saturday in primetime. So, um, you know, and the Lions are up and coming team. They've got several uh, premium uh, draft capital type players with Amon St. Brown, Jameer Gibbs, uh, David Montgomery, So there's a lot going on there in that game. I'm sure that uh, that game will be a popular one to talk about. Uh, The next game that stood out to me looking at these Week 17 matchups, Cardinals at Eagles. Uh, The Eagles, obviously one of the top two or three offenses in the league. Uh, A lot of high expectations for them this year. It's an interesting matchup, Week 17 with the Cardinals. Considering the questions around Arizona, what their season will be like, Kyler Murray's health, um, and currently a lot of depressed ADP values on Arizona. Because of those questions around Kyler Murray and the expectations that they will have a very poor season, Uh, they are currently projected for, I believe, Vegas over-unders have them at five and a half wins. So expecting them... You know, if we're taking the Vegas lines to be predictive, then that would mean coming into week 17, they're going to be at around four or five wins for the season. Uh, Who knows what that means for their motivation? Who is still playing? Who is still active? Any veterans they may have traded or shut down? Uh, So there's a lot of questions around that. But also, if they are at full strength or close to it, if they are still uh, playing. If Kyler Murray is active, uh, that is a potentially explosive game. And then the finally, final game that stood out to me was the Packers at Vikings game. Uh, we've seen several Packers-Vikings games over the last few years turn into shootouts. Uh, certainly the Packers have some depressed ADP values with Aaron Rodgers out of town and the questions around Jordan Love, but the Vikings defense, which we will get into a little bit later today, Uh, They have certainly some questions on their defensive side of the ball and a lot of explosive pieces on offense. So that was the fourth game that stood out to me. So those four top games standing out were Bengals Chiefs, Lions at Cowboys, Cardinals at Eagles, and Packers at Vikings. There's a few games that on the Week 17 list look kind of ugly outside of those uh, top four I mentioned. Um... There's actually several uh, games that that on paper don't look the greatest. But again, we have to remember this is May and a lot is going to change before week 17, which is uh, New Year's weekend. So uh, the next thing with the schedule release that stands out is the bye weeks. So uh, drafting prior to the schedule release, you have no information regarding bye weeks. Um, Personally, I think sometimes we... Uh, Worry too much about bye weeks and move away from some optimal drafting just for the sake of worrying about having bye weeks covered. Um, That's my personal opinion. Um, But in general, the NFL did a good job spreading out the bye weeks. We don't have uh, many weeks. We've had some seasons in the past where there's two or three weeks where uh, you just get hammered with bye weeks and there's just a load of premium teams. For the most part this year, uh, the NFL, they spread out the bye weeks over a a large number of weeks. Uh, There's only, I believe, two weeks where there's more than four teams who have a bye, um, and they're spread out pretty well in terms of the premium teams um, not being uh, congregated together. The one exception that stood out to me is week 13, probably having the biggest bye week issues with six teams on bye including the Buffalo Bills, Minnesota Vikings, Baltimore Ravens, Chicago Bears, New York Giants, and Las Vegas Raiders. Obviously, the Bills and Vikings have uh, some of the top uh, players at their positions. Justin Jefferson, Stephon Diggs, Josh Allen, TJ Hawkinson, all premium type players. You've also got uh, Mark Andrews, Lamar Jackson, uh, J.K. Dobbins and the Ravens' trio of receivers. And then on the Bears, Justin Fields and DJ Moore uh, being drafted in the third or fourth rounds. Saquon Barkley on the Giants, Josh Jacobs on the Raiders. So uh, there's a lot of pieces involved in that week. So, um, you know, again, I think, as I mentioned before, I think sometimes people get overly worried about bye weeks, but also, you know, there is a breaking point where... uh, You know, you can't have too many players from uh, one bye week and all it takes is a couple injuries to the other players and uh, you're going to have a very low week that could potentially knock you out of the playoff hunt. So uh, that will kind of do it for the quick wrap up about the schedule release. Again, there's a lot of theory around the information that we we gathered on Thursday and, and how we can digest that and make the most of it to improve our decision making. Uh, but we will get into that more later this week on our theory pods. Um, Next, the biggest, I guess, biggest you could call it signing and somewhat surprising free agent signing was Foster Moreau, uh, tight end formerly with the Raiders, signed with the Saints. He signed a three-year $12 million deal with $8 million guarantee. Uh, The issue with Moreau, he was kind of a popular free agent target when he hit the market in March and in a physical with the saints he was diagnosed with I believe it was lymphoma uh, it was some sort of form of cancer uh, I believe it was lymphoma not a hundred percent sure but um, he, he released a statement uh, was gonna fight it and you know very positive at the time uh, for most people I think the assumption at that point was he'd be out for the year or there would be uh, quite a delay, so it was kind of surprising to see this. But he did sign a three-year, $12 million deal and $8 million guaranteed, so the Saints apparently are uh, pretty confident that he is healthy and has a, uh, will have a clean bill of health, uh, which is awesome. Great to hear, obviously. Uh, this type of stuff is bigger than football, so excited for Foster Moreau and his family uh, to get back on the field and get the payday that, that he's earned. Um as for us for best ball for fantasy, uh it adds some questions and ambiguity to the Saints tight end room and just their pass catchers in general. Uh will Moreau split time with Juwan Johnson, who had uh been drafted in around the 160 range. Uh, you know, he was a, a lower end tight end too. Um does he does Moreau uh, split that time? Uh, One thing to note is Moreau does have a connection and relationship with new Saints starting quarterback Derek Carr, who obviously was also with the Raiders last year. So there is some connection there. So it puts uh, the Johnson situation in question. uh, Also potentially presents a buying opportunity if, you know, Foster Moreau, I'm sure he's having some treatments and there's some uh, medical things he's dealing with. There's a decent chance that uh, he is not, you know, a full load type of player uh, for the majority of this season. So if Johnson's draft stock, um, if his ADP drops significantly, it could be a great buying opportunity for him. Uh, Also questions around the receivers. Michael Thomas has obviously missed a lot of time over the last few years with injuries. Rashid Shahid, uh, popular best ball pick due to his explosiveness as the Saints' third receiver, um, and A.T. Perry, the rookie uh, receiver for the Saints, does this signing with, of Moreau, does this signify uh, maybe the Saints are going to move to more of two tight end set, 12 personnel uh, type, type of situation where some of those third pass catchers, third wide receivers, are, are not on the field as much? Uh, does it signify Are they going to run the ball more, Uh, multiple tight ends on the field? Uh, What does that mean for Jamal Williams and Alvin Kamara? So, uh, you know, again, great news for Foster Moreau. Uh, Just adds a lot of questions to the Saints situation in general. Um, And a lot of times, uh, if we can parse through the data and information, we can uh, find a tangible edge just because of all the uncertainty that's in that situation uh, provides an opportunity somewhere, there's going to be uh, something we can profit on. Um, so that is it for the Saints. Moving on, the, in my opinion, the biggest news, the biggest thing going on in the NFL right now related to best ball and trying to figure out, you know, what is, what is something that, that could change and could upset the market uh, Dalvin Cook rumors the rumors that were reported by some Vikings beat rate reporters this week indicated that Cook will be released by the Vikings on or after June 1st uh, again these are just you know unsubstantiated reports there's nothing concrete here the team and Cook have not said anything however uh the, the report claims that the Vikings have been trying to trade him. He has a very large cap hit in the last year of his deal. Uh, his performance has gone down a bit, and there is uh, the Vikings are second to last in the NFL in salary cap space, um, and they could save a fairly significant amount of money if on their uh, salary cap by uh, trading or releasing Cook. It sounds like trade... Hawks have have not gone anywhere. No one is willing to trade for Cook with his current contract, and Cook is not trying to restructure. So, uh, you know this this leaves us in a situation where the uh, Dalvin Cook situation is brings us to the state of the Vikings in general. Uh, the Vikings have a new defensive coordinator this year. Uh, they have not added much defensively, and they lost some key defenders. Uh, Also this last week, they just traded Zadarius Smith, one of their top pass rushers. They traded him for a couple of very late day three pick swaps. So kind of just giving him away, uh, which speaks again to their salary cap issues. So a defense that was, I'll say, inconsistent last year, but I mean, realistically, it was Uh, among teams that made the playoffs, you know, possibly the worst defense in the playoffs and uh, for them to, they've got a change in defensive coordinator and they haven't really added much in talent. um, You know, that signals this could be a team with, with a very bad defense once again. Uh, Now, if Dalvin is gone plus the bad defense that we're expecting, that could lead to a lot of shootouts and some crazy passing volume. We, you know, of course, I'm assuming most of you remember some of those crazy games we saw from the Vikings last year, where they'd fall way behind and try to come back. Um, things are setting up where that could be a much more consistent game flow that that, that they're involved in this year. Uh, with that in mind, uh, most Vikings are adjusted in the latest rankings update, which uh, I. Did for DraftKings and Drafters. Uh, those are updated on the site. Uh, several Vikings have been adjusted uh, just based on this report and kind of some moving pieces that I'm seeing and, and kind of where I'm seeing the state of the Vikings headed. Uh, there's also some ripple effects, in my opinion, into what that means uh, for the division. And I'm working on my uh, five strongest takes for the offseason. And there's some interesting things in the NFC North I'm seeing uh, related to some season long bets and opportunities to take teams in the NFC North and project what their season will look like. So the next question is, what happens next? So if Dalvin Cook is getting released, what does that mean for everyone else? Um, Alexander Madison signed a two-year, I believe, seven million dollar contract with the Vikings, which is for a running back second contract. It's a decent amount of money. Um, he's an obvious beneficiary. Beneficiary, you look at them, the Vikings roster currently, and he's clearly the guy who would step into that RB one role. Uh, should Cook leave. Uh, but it is deeper than that, you know. Could the Vikings add someone else to the mix for cheap once they release Cook? Some guys currently on the market: Kareem Hunt, Ezekiel Elliott, Leonard Fournette, uh, all veteran backs who I could see uh, signing for just one or two million, as opposed to the ten million plus that Cook was supposed to be paid. Uh, Darrell Henderson, who uh, was released by the Rams last year and then by the Jaguars. Uh, he is also a free agent, has some connection with Kevin O'Connell, head coach, Vikings head coach Kevin O'Connell, uh, from their time with the Rams. Um, you know, and protect, potentially uh, there are ripple effects among backfields in the league. Uh, there's a lot of fragile backfields right now um, with players who are being drafted as if the roster as it currently stands on May 15th is the, what the roster will be on September 7th when the season kicks off. Uh, but there's a lot of potential ripple effects that could happen once this Cook situation plays itself out, starting with Cook um, likely being released on or after June 1st. So when I talk about ripple effects, you know, the first question is where does Cook go? Uh, subscriber asked this question in our Discord. Um, and I, I didn't answer it just because uh, it's almost too long to type. Um, the, the reality is there are a ton of options and it's probably about half the league where, um, you know, there's a case to be made where you could see Cook signing with them for a variety of reasons. Uh, there's, you know, kind of some different buckets that those teams fit in. Uh, you know, the first one would be a contender with a weak backfield or looking for depth Uh, top of the list. uh, The Miami dolphins has been a rumored destination for cook as a trade destination. uh, And now potentially signing there. If he is released Um, cook is uh, played, played in college at Florida state. He's from Florida. So there's some connection there. Obviously dolphins, a very talented offense. Um, You know, they've got, Three solid running backs, but uh, they don't have like a clear uh, running back one. So, you know, there's certainly some opportunity there. Uh, Another one that stands out to me is the Browns. Uh, The Browns head coach Kevin Stefanski, formerly with the Vikings. The Browns have always used two running backs, Uh, Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt splitting the load for many years. Now Hunt is gone, has not re-signed. Um, So, You know, if the Browns aren't looking to give Chubb that that full workload, potentially Dalvin Cook would be a perfect fit uh, to to fit into that system that he already knows. Uh, Next, Dallas Cowboys. Uh, They have not replaced Ezekiel Elliott. They have Tony Pollard as obviously their top running back option at this point. Um, But Dalvin Cook is a big name that Jerry Jones would love. Uh, there's questions about Pollard handling a full load. He, he's coming off a broken leg. And Mike McCarthy has been uh, pounding the drum about um, establishing the run all offseason. Uh, that's why uh, Kellen Moore was given the boot as their offensive coordinator, because uh, he wouldn't run the ball enough. So uh, if they want to run that much and they have one proven NFL running back, it would make sense for them to uh, add someone like Dalvin Cook to the mix and give him a similar role to what Ezekiel Elliott had last year. would also make some sense for Dalvin Cook uh, to go to a relatively high-profile team uh, that does have that need. So uh, interesting possible connection there. Uh, and the last one uh, would be the Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, obviously, Jarek McKinnon and Isaiah Pacheco are the top two Chiefs running backs right now. Failed first-round pick, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, is the number three option on the depth chart at this time. Uh, But Dalvin would uh, probably immediately be the uh, top on-paper option. Um, We've seen the Chiefs uh, sign some veterans in the past. They added LaShawn McCoy, Le'Veon Bell in the past. And I think that Dalvin Cook at this point probably has more tread on the tires and can be more productive than either of uh, those past options were. So uh, interesting potential uh, with the Chiefs. Um, The next bucket of teams that would make sense for Cook uh, would be a team with a strong running back one on paper, but where there's questions around uh, that player or situation. So the first team that stands out to me is the Broncos. So Javante Williams, who he's not being drafted high, but, you know, if healthy, he's clearly their, their guy. Um, Samaj Samaje Ryan is that was signed in free agency this off season. Um, and he, his draft stock has risen to about the 10th, 10th round now in drafts, most drafts, uh, as people are getting more and more pessimistic on Javante's injury return timeline. So, uh, you know, Dalvin, Seems like he would fit in there if the Javante rumors are true and if the Broncos aren't comfortable just riding with uh, Samaje Pirine and a bunch of question marks behind him into the season. Uh, next, the Cincinnati Bengals. Joe Mixon potentially facing legal action, uh, potential suspension, uh, as he is, has been uh, charged with, uh, with some... believe it's assault or menacing or something like that. Uh, I I don't remember the exact charges, but an incident that happened in Cincinnati uh, earlier this year, uh, he has been charged with um, something for that. And it sounds like uh, the Bengals are kind of up in the air, what they're going to do with him. Uh, His production has been kind of up and down. Uh, He hasn't been quite as explosive in the last year. So, you know, potentially the Bengals, uh, if Cook were to become available where they could just go out and sign him, uh, don't have to give up any draft capital in a trade. Uh, Maybe they make that move. Um, And if so, do they then uh, cut Mixon? Uh, Do they uh, let him go? Do they hold on to him and uh, just see what happens with the suspension? And those guys kind of split the load. Uh, so a lot of different things could happen there if Cook went to Cincinnati. Um, and then you've got the Chargers and Giants, uh, two teams who uh, Austin Eckler has um, stated displeasure with his contract. Uh, the uh, Giants franchise tagged Saquon Barkley. Supposedly they're working on a long-term contract. The two sides are trying to talk through that. Uh, but both players, very good running backs, Um But questions around the contract situation, you never know when that can turn into a holdout uh, or other types of issues. Um, And it's the type of thing where a team could, uh, if they're able to get Cook uh, on the roster and sign him for a relatively solid deal, that gives them some extra leverage in those bargaining negotiations. So, uh, yeah, it's, it's interesting for both the Chargers and Giants. Uh, And finally, in this group, uh, the Titans, uh, Derrick Henry is aging. There's been rumors about them cutting or trading Henry, which uh, I kind of think based on his cultish status among the fan base uh, and the Mike Vrabel uh, personality, I I don't think that they will just get rid of Derrick Henry. But I could see uh, them wanting to lessen the load as he ages, try to keep him fresher and uh, healthier uh, throughout the course of a season, uh, he, he's had, I think it's like three, two of the la- two of the last three seasons over 400 touches. Um, one of the seasons he missed quite a bit of time with a broken foot. So you know it's it's an interesting situation to be sure, uh, where you know they their mindset, their hard nosed mindset, loving to establish the run, their poor receiving core. Uh, Dalvin would seem to make sense as a guy who uh, they could add to their roster um, and, and would fill a need. And they do have over $10 million in cap space. So I uh, wanted to keep an eye on there. And the last kind of bucket I would have of teams that might look for uh, to add Dalvin Cook would be teams with a shaky uh, running back one option uh, where Cook could sign and for cheap, uh, but be the guy and he could kind of prove it uh, for this year and hope to get paid next year, um, or a team, you know, a a young team that just has a lot of cap space to spare. So, uh, the teams that stood out to me in those regards, the, uh, Tampa Bay Bucks. uh, Rashad White was one of the least efficient running backs in the NFL in 2022. Uh, they did not bring back Leonard Fournette. Um, they, their main additions were, uh, Chase Edmonds, who, uh, has been kind of shuttled around several teams in the last couple of years. Uh, So who knows what he has left in the tank and Sean Tucker, uh, who was a a undrafted free agent, rookie running back that had a little bit higher uh, profile was expected to be drafted, but some medical concerns popped up on him, but obviously that's a lot of questions. um, And the NFC South appears to be wide open this year. So, uh, again, Dalvin has some Florida connections. The Bucks don't have much cap room, but uh, there's always ways to get around that with how they structure contracts. So the Bucks would be a team I could see uh, getting into that mix. Um, and then the Houston Texans, as they try to uh, build around rookie quarterback C.J. Stroud, Damian Pierce, uh, second round running or second year running back, excuse me, um, would I would expect him. Uh, To still be the guy for the Texans, but uh, the Texans do have over twenty million dollars in salary cap space, so they could probably uh, pay Cook a decent amount of money to bring him in and shore up that backfield with some depth. Um, So yeah, you know that is that is eleven teams that I just listed, and excuse me, each of those teams has you know a litany of reasons where it would make sense. Uh, To bring in a player like Dalvin Cook to their roster. Uh, The key to remember with this is that there is a good chance that Dalvin Cook is the first domino to fall in a sequence of events that shakes up several backfields. There's even a chance that the fallout from the Cook situation leads to some other running back movement as some of these teams might be waiting to see if they can land Cook and when they don't they could sign or trade for one of those other available running back options that we discussed. Uh, Obviously we talked about Kareem Hunt or uh, Ezekiel Elliott, Terrell Henderson, you know, some guys that the Vikings could sign if Cook leaves, but also, uh, you know, if Cook were to go to the Bengals and the Bengals, uh, they cut Joe Mixon. Well, does Joe Mixon sign somewhere else? Um, and so on and so on. Uh, you know, this, these running back situations, uh, as, I, as I pointed out at the start of this conversation, they're very fragile and there's uh, a lot of things that could change and it could happen in a hurry once that first domino falls and it kind of looks like Dalvin Cook is going to be that first domino. So uh, just really important as we're drafting right now to keep that in mind that uh, all those teams that I listed, um, those players, those backfields, uh, a lot could change um, in the next month about what our projections look like uh what what teams rosters look like um you know and along with that what what a signing of a player like cook or movement around uh that situation in, in the ripple effects uh what that could mean for team approaches so uh, certainly a lot to digest there again this is all just rumors at this point uh but there is a lot of smoke there and it is really hard to see uh, the Vikings who are uh, have the second least cap space in the league um, just sitting back and uh, paying what uh, Dalvin Cook is scheduled to make given his uh, lack of production and kind of the way things have played out uh, with him the last couple of seasons and where their team uh, is standing right now. So uh You know, that's going to do it for our Monday news and market updates. We will uh, keep an eye out over the next week on changes and updates. We will have our rankings updated and we'll continue to uh, bring the fire with our theory focused podcast the rest of the week. I've got another storyboard article dropping this week um, and we'll have some other written content coming your way for the premium subscribers uh, for the free podcast feed listeners hope hope you guys come and check us out and and consider joining us we got some really good things going on over at one week season once again la familia enjoy your week hope everyone had a great mother's day weekend and we will see you in the draft rooms